Listener Production. It's Rusty here, all set for more of my conversation with Greg Murphy, a catch-up with the Bathurst legend several years on from the first one in our library. Head back later on and give that one a listen if you haven't already, from his lap of the gods to the flashpoint moment with Marcus Ambrose at the mountain in 2005 and a whole lot more. This next chapter, as we call it, is split into two parts. So if you've arrived here and missed the most recent one, that's where you'll find a good debrief on his Bathurst wildcard recently with Richie Stanaway, Peter Adderton from Boost Mobile and the Erebus team. There is a particularly special moment in there around his final stint where he kind of takes a moment to appreciate the mountain as a supercars racer for the final time. We begin part two by getting deeper into the incredible Dodge Charger restoration, as requested by many of you who listen. This 1969 model has been turned into something very special. Finished in a striking colour that wasn't necessarily on trend, it wasn't what others were doing, and that's a good thing. Powered by a 700 horsepower engine, fittingly, It's a stick shift, it's a manual, proper manual, and there are some clever custom and bespoke parts woven into it. They nicknamed it Captive, which we'll explain too. This car has been on quite a journey. Firstly, you had the car, I think you went to SEMA, saw the Ring Brothers uh, stand or mm-hmm. display, and that was the first 14, part. Of it. 2014, and that was the first part of its mission or journey, wasn't it? Well, yeah. it's still at that point, it hadn't, it wasn't, it wasn't even thought of sending it to America. I mean, I had it bought the car in 2007, and my, my good mates at uh, Moselle Panel and Paint um, have had had the car for quite a long period of time. There was big plans and ideas around it. It was a bit of a community project <laughs> in some respects because I wasn't living in New Zealand, and and it wasn't uh, mu- as much of a focus as what it needed to be, and. And um, mostly because of my doing, and not you know not actually having a proper um, plan around getting mm. it built in New Zealand, it just went from place to place and and um, was holed up at different workshops in different places over a long period of time. And then I went to SEMA in um, fourteen and saw the, uh, the Ring Brothers released a car called Recoil, which was a '66 Chevelle, um, and and uh, I was over there with the guys from. Um, my mates from uh, Moselle's and also some other reprobates, Angus <laughs> Fogg being one of them, um, and uh, just having a you know great time at SEMA. It was just the most amazing show, and mm. this car was there, and, and it just resonated with me massively what they'd done to it, um, and it was just gorgeous. And I just couldn't believe that you had a sixty a sixty six Chevelle that looked this this amazing. Everything about it just was like wow. I wouldn't change anything in this car, mm. and. Um, and then, I, you know, that got me all fired up about getting the, the Charger uh, moving along. And anyway, there's a long period of time there where, again, um, procrastination and, and stuff not happening and blah, blah, blah. And then um, Steve Neuer and I, um, Steve from Moselle's and I were sitting there and we were just and, – and we were having a conversation. It's just like, you know what, it it needs to be sent to America, you know. And and he goes, well, why don't you just ring or send rings, Ring Brothers a an email or give him a call? And I'm like, 
yeah, I suppose I should, you know, just to see what they say, thinking that, you know, why the hell would they want to know about a, a car in New Zealand and, um, you know, you just have that sort of, they're, Ameri- they're, they're the top of the top mm. or one of the top builders over there. You know, they've got to have too much on. They'll be at this, you know, some, you know, pretty high highfalutin bloodies, you know, mm. wanting to deal with why only millionaires and why would they mm. want to do this? Mm. You know, all these things go through your head. Anyway, send an email and literally less than 24 hours I got an email back and from, from Nancy Ring, who's um, Mike Ring's uh, wife, and um, and they're like, oh, lovely, to, thanks, so much, nice to hear from you, oh, great, yeah, we'd be, you know, love to talk about your car, blah, blah. Next, so then within a short while, we're on the phone and, and we're talking about it, explaining it, talking to them, and, like, and they were just, I mean, just the nicest, nicest people. Anyway, and uh, so I made the call and, and um, started the planning and stuck her in the well, container and off she went. They won, they won an award there, I they think, won, well, they, yeah. they won a few, they won Battle of the Builders again, um, with Enyo, which is a was a fifty something derived off a fifty something um, Chevy pickup truck, just insane, absolutely insane. They, they had four cars. They launched four cars there, and there wasn't there was intention to have captive go to mm-hmm. SEMA, but it just never none of it worked out. COVID just ruined it all, so it never happened. That was all going to be part of our the journey. Um, mm-hmm. And but it was a it was a it was an awesome journey with them. They were just so good, so good, um, great great people. Cool. Can I pick a couple of things out of that? Firstly, captive. Where did that come from? Oh, Great name. Oh, stuck struggle. in the states, trapped. Well, yes, that's that's it. Pretty it? much. They, it? they they uh, you know it, it got delayed. Things got delayed. There was other projects. Mine wasn't. You know, I wasn't. I didn't have a dead set timeline. So um, they they rocked into it. COVID caused all sorts of dramas and problems here and there. And then they had other things and other uh, projects that they needed to get done and and supply chain, all that kind of. There was just issues or uh, things, and I wasn't you know, in a hurry. So I kept, they sort of were like, hey, can we just put it to one side for a little bit? And, and um, I said, yeah, for sure, no worries. And then there was also a bit of an issue, obviously, when COVID hit, um, you know, uh, financially, there was uh, a few question marks there for a little while too. So um, they sort of parked her up and then, but little did I know that they were actually still beavering away on it and, not, and not even mm. worried about um you know, invoices at that stage. So it was, it was, they were, they were just amazing to deal with. And, um, uh, so it was there for much longer than it, that had been planned. And, uh, we were trying to come up with the names and there was a hostage was actually <laughs> used, uh, thrown around that one stage. And then I think, um, and then I, uh, it was my wife, Monique, I think she'd brought it up, had said the word captive. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it was like hostage, but hmm. different. And, um, hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, it sort of, it flew, it flew from there, and uh, yeah, that's that's how it came up because they name every car, all their yes. cars have got a name, and, and it was really difficult to actually come up with one, but um, yeah, so uh, that's that's how that transpired. It, the end result looks beautiful. I know you had a special um, unveiling to first see it when it came back into um, into New Zealand. Firstly, you. I think did toy mate with the idea of putting a a NASCAR engine in yes. it, but you went away from that, didn't you? Just just what have you done there? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, so <coughs> I sent. Uh, I had a, a a Dodge Cup, a restricted plate Cup engine, um, which had had injection and bits and pieces put on it. Um, hadn't been run, but it was that was the concept and the idea was going to be that we put that in there, and that sh- that got shipped over to America with with the car. Um, and once they got everything there and they unloaded it and started and just started to do their initial sort of summary of, of 
of the car and the design and everything for it. Um, uh, we had the conversation very early on the piece, and they're like, you know, you know, yeah, get the idea, get the concept, but uh, it's not going to be a simple process. It's going to be quite an expensive process to actually make this thing work. work. Mm-hmm. And then it's never going to be, you know, just a open the garage door, Drivable. press the starter mm. button, and, and drive. Mm. Um, and then, so the suggestion was, you know, listen, you know, just get put a Hellcat in it. You know, don't have to touch it. Just go mm. straight in the car. Um, and it's simple. You just go and press the key, or, you know, turn the key, and and she fires up, and you drive it. And and I I didn't need any more convincing than that. And so, um, you know, and that's the beauty of of sending the car over there. There's obviously difficult, not difficulties, but. Um, you know the the time and the money to send a ship a car over there and deal with all that, but is is one thing. But you know they we agreed on it. They ordered the engine that day, and a day and and two days later, you, you know you've got a, a brand new Hellcat crate engine arriving via UPS at the workshop, and off and off you go. Mm. I mean, and so those kinds of things don't happen when you're building a car in New Zealand. So, um, but it, but it's it's arrived, and and there's not a fault. I I can't. There's nothing. Nothing on the car that it's turned up and I've gone. Oh, well, I'm not, not quite sure about the air. Yeah, not it's, it's beautiful. Just, just nothing. Mm. You know. So it's just, it's a, a wonderful and it's it's been a, a wonderful journey working with with them and you know made um, lifelong friends. Mm. You you and I tic tacked a little bit via um, text message at one stage about oh what do you think of this color and so on and you toyed with different colors and you've settled on this brilliant yellow for it didn't you what what made you choose that oh i was always a it was either going to be something that's you know quite um dark you know it was either going to be we'd sort like of toyed, Porsche gray yeah, at one point, to, wasn't it? To, yeah. toyed with all those grays mm. you know every car company's doing them these days those um sort of what are they um pa- the pastely is that the word i'm not sure mm. that just all those gray colors audi do it kia do it you know i think hyundai every everyone does them um, and Porsche do a really nice one as well, um, but then uh, so that's before we'd made the decision. Must have been end of nineteen, I think it was. Um, rings went to SEMA, and they come back, and it's like, oh, every second car's one of those tones, right? And I'm like, okay, well, we're not doing that because right. it's yeah. it's it's already out of date, effectively. And so the the other option was going to be a bright color, um, but I wanted it deep, really, really quite deep. So. Mike, uh, who does all the paint and panel, um, he and I, you know, spent quite a long time toing and froing, and so I started throwing out um, some ideas and some colours, and um, he and I were we were we were sort of like so connected with so many of the things and the design cues and bits and pieces, um, you in know, sync. It, yeah. We're very much that's it. Mm. We were in sync, and um, so I sent him this, uh, and it's a signal yellow, which is actually a Porsche colour. Oh right. Um, it's a, I think it's still a special order kind of colour you can you can um, order and these and so I started searching and looking on the internet and Porsche this the signal yeah they do a signal orange but the the orange is is very orange and I didn't mm-hmm. want a very orange car because then you sort of start going Dukes of Hazard sort of kind mm-hmm. of level and I was staying away from that but the signal yellow so I I sent him a whole lot of pictures of this and then he he uh, went and sourced um, I think the codes for signal yellow mm-hmm. and then he then he just modified it slightly and changed yeah. it up so he he sprayed up a whole lot of um, different test panels 
and um, not that I saw them in the flesh, but we, you know, pictures and also then on um, through, you know, FaceTime Tom. and stuff. Mm. And and he laid them all out, and he said, you know, which one, which one would you have? And I went that one, and he went, yeah, that's the one that wow. I chose. So mm. we were on we were online all the way through with that, and and I tell you, the color is just it's. It's magnificent, it mm. really is. It's just got this deepness to it, but it's and it, but it's just right. Suits the car massively. So you and I have worked in television for many years, and you know what it's like when you work with a good cameraman like 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 a Benny Green in Australia, or any of those guys, or when you work with a good editor or a good producer. Invariably, they take something that you do and they make it even better than you imagined. Yeah, yeah. clearly the Ring Brothers yeah. did that. Mate, and that's what they? they do. But mm. that is what they do, and that's what those builders over there do. I mean, there's there's a there's a bunch of them over there that are just so. And what I love about um, America over there is that they 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 love each other's work. They complement each other's work. Mm. They, they Chip Foose would admire what absolutely, what some, yeah, and, yeah. and Troy Trapanio would 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 love what they're doing. And 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 they you know whereas. Um, this part of the world, it's like the tall poppy thing. Mm. You know, Don't know like, about that. I wouldn't oh, have done mate, that. Oh, mate, hey, just, nah, 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 that's no good. And, and someone does something really amazing, no one's mm. going to give you a compliment about mm. it kind of thing. Mm. Over there, they just, they appreciate what each each of them do and their ideas and and um, which, and they're not scared to to talk about or show it and, and, and un- appreciate it. And mm. appreciate it. Mm. So um, that's, what's, that's what's really, really cool about it. So, yeah. Final one on Captive. They have made a very, very cool steering wheel that you can now basically go and buy for that thing. Yours is the first, isn't it? Well, we, that was again a co- collab with um, collaboration between us um, because I'd said, you know, real key, the interior is just such a key part of, of getting the car right. And um, and I said, listen, we're going to have to do a steering wheel. There's, you know, I, they've got the... They've got the people. They've got the connections, and so we started a pro. But it was a bit of a project actually, and and I sent some ideas of what I wanted, and and then they got a, a guy, a specific guy actually, that doesn't work for them, um, that they'd been engaging with a little bit, to, and he started the process and came up with the CAD drawings and bits and pieces, and we mm-hmm. modified it slightly, and boom, 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 and then next minute, um, uh, yeah, it comes off the CNC, and then that's what we've got, um, and then they'd been actually walking around some carbon fibre rims as well, um, you know, steering steering rims. And, and so that, that all just sort of came together. And, and uh, so, yeah, another little part of the, the project, which was unique. And, um, you know, as, yeah, as you said, I, actually one of the cars, I think it's the Camaro maybe, is it the Camaro um, that they've just done? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, uh, that went to SEMA. Um, it's got it's got the wheel in it as well, steering wheel in it as well. So, so yeah, those those are all part of the cool cool parts of doing the build, doing a build like this and, and being a part of it. And obviously, it's got thanks to Motec uh, Motec Australia, um, Ty Anderson and, and everybody over there. You know, um, they they were awesome in helping um, with the supply and, and um, connection and, and integrating all that stuff uh, mm-hmm. with the big twelve inch Motec Motec screen that's in there, which is which is a first. Um, Ring Brothers never done one like that, never put a screen like that in, and and I would imagine that they'll probably use it in the in the future as well because uh, of of the collab that came together with Motec and um, and Rings as well. So that's really cool. I was I was stuck on that as part of the build for a very long time. Um, you know, I just wanted a big digital dash in there, and and uh, there was obviously nowhere to go other than than um, than Motec on that one too. Awesome! I cannot wait to see it in the flesh. Please don't bring it around to my place. I'm shit scared the dog will scratch it. Um, can we move on to uh, the boys, Ronan and Cormac? 
bit of racing, more than a bit of racing. I mean, uh, Ronan's paired up with John Penny. They've been running in an, in an Aston Martin. Very recently, Cormac, who's had a love of two wheels, has has made a switch and has started to do some 86 stuff. Tell us a bit about that. How are you going with all that? What do you think of all that? It's a nightmare. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, <laughs> bloody motor racing. Jesus. <laughs> you know, I know too much about it. That's the problem. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ronan's um, working at the moment feverishly to, to put together a, um, uh, a, a deal to do Sprint Cup, Michelin Sprint yeah. Cup next year. He was at Phillip Island just at the weekend. Yeah, gone, he was down there mm-hmm. uh, just trying to um, nut out a – uh, a team and and then because that's a popular little championship or you know an important championship as well so so that's uh, that's where he wants to go he did the uh, the South Island uh, one hour endurance races he had uh, some great support there from his sponsors but also uh, Steve Brooks as well who you know helped him out with the supply of the car um, for those uh, those three rounds and um, you know he he did really well uh, driving that car really well so he's he's trying to you know, make that next step to Australia for, for 23 and, and focus on doing that and try and emulate what um, Ryan Wood has he's, done he's this done, year. Yeah. Um, and he's done an amazing job. Uh, he's got a bright future, that boy too. Uh, so that's that's where he's going. And then, um, yeah, Cormac sort of has, uh, I don't know, we'd sort of ignored him <laughs> as far as cars go because one was enough and then... Can't ignore him now. <laughs> and uh, he, um, yeah, sort of, uh, I don't know, pushed his way... Uh, pushed his way through and, and you know, deservedly got a, a sp- one of the spots at the Tony Quinn Foundation Toyota 86 uh, shootout recently um, through his limited track experience. You know, he showed some good speed and got a, got a spot there to good have a go. So uh, where that's going, I'm not really sure, but he's, he's done a couple of little um, sprint series races down at Highlands recently and, and um, yeah. Uh, They're different human beings and I would imagine they go very, about their racing differently too, do they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ronan's really he's he thinks a lot. He's he's a, a real thinker and um you know planner and um you know uh everything's everything is thought out and and sometimes maybe a little bit too much. He sort of thinks about stuff whereas the other one doesn't think at all. So, um <laughs> yeah, there's a, it's, it's very much very much uh, two different sides of the of uh, the line there big time. Do you do you Help where you can, but then leave it to like a Dan Gaunt. Or what do you do? Oh yeah, no, no. I, I'm a, you know involved in a small way, but um, you know the academy has been fantastic. What Dan Dan does at the Hampton Downs Academy is is uh, is such a, a good tool to be able to utilise, and great people there like Andrew Waite and Tom Alexander and a whole bunch of other very very talented drivers. You know, coordinating and and giving advice is the way to do it. Um, you know, uh, put put these guys, put these kids in front of front of them, and and let them. Tune and and work with them to to uh, improve their skills and you know it's like what uh, Paul Morris is doing at Norwell well, yeah. you know it's such a, a great space and place for young drivers to go and actually get some different perspectives and ideas and tools to to apply to the to the, the motor racing trade and and um, you know I've no doubt that uh, Ronan will end up spending some time up there too with those guys to to pick their brains but um, to evolve as as techniques. Only me again. Wow, Greg Murphy sure does talk passionately, but he also talks sense. Thanks, Greg. All right, now we move on to a couple more projects that Murphy's also dominating. 
your laptop is open as you and I sit and talk here, and that is because you've got a variety of projects on the go, but one of them involves now working with Highlands, Hamptons, with the Tony Quinn Foundation. Just explain to people about your, your role there and, and what you're doing in various aspects of that business, how you're helping. Yeah, uh, yeah listen, it's, it's something I really enjoy because um, Josie Spillan, uh, the CEO of the group here in New Zealand, um, you know, is uh, her and I have become uh, good mates and, you know, the 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 work and effort that's required, the time, the people that's required to, to run three circuits and, and, and manage all the different parts of that. You know, it's not just race meetings. Obviously, there's so much more to it. There's GT membership down down at Highlands. Obviously, the, a big part of that is their, their tourism um, sort of offerings. Uh, and now Topol's uh, come on board. And, you know, that's, there's big opportunities there for, for that facility and circuit too. And, you know, they provide so many different um options for people to come to the tracks to do so many different things as I say the membership's one but there's motorcycles and there's cars and there's race days and there's there's just so many bits and pieces to it so you know um the motorsport side is is something that Josie's not um you know uh, she will tell you she's not an expert in and and um she's good like that she openly puts her hand up oh, absolutely says, she know, knows, yeah. doesn't know so, so are you motorsport manager is it which, which, well, which your title? I, we, we put a title on it but it's only because we, you know it felt like it needed something. It's not not necessarily just motorsport, but you know, my my side of it is support her team, her crew on on lots of different aspects of of the day to day and and support around the safety side of things and some of our regulations and rewriting of our our um you know health and safety stuff and and um you know it's it's wide reaching, but also you know with the the foundation being involved in that as a trustee with with having an amazing opportunity to give away some of Tony's money to. <laughs> To a lot of talented young Kiwis and, and, and the scholarships that we do for that, the 86 scholarship, the TRS scholarship, that's that's also other other parts of it. That is um, bloody good, that whole yeah. thing, mate, isn't it? Yeah. For, for a variety of reasons, from trying to media train young kids to giving them opportunity and financial support to exposing them to corporates. I mean, it, it is more than just, uh, here's a bit of dough, off you go, good luck in your championship, isn't it? Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, completely. And and, and I, I got into car racing through a scholarship, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I just love the idea of it and, and what it offers, and it's incredibly rewarding. I mean, Tony finds it very rewarding, um, The those that are involved in it, Myself, Dan Gaunt, Josie, uh, Steve Horn, and making these decisions to be able to do this. You know, we, we're, we're getting – it's incredibly rewarding to see it. And, and we're also just um, never-ending, um, uh, just blown away by you know, the, the skill and the talent that is, is here and what's coming through. You know, there's always going to be, unfortunately, those that don't win these things. And, and um, so far for this year, you know, they were, they were very tightly fought scholarships with, um, with talent that, you know – is is likely to to you know have success regardless of of um, winning these scholarships. So so those those are those are a huge part of um, what we're doing as well, and, and and a very enjoyable part of it, as I say, um, doing that stuff. So it's it's a it's a you know there's a lot of pieces to the to what I'm sort of involved with with the group, but I just you know enjoy being a part of you know um, what the future holds for that. And working with you know like-minded individuals who you know who are getting things done as well. Um, but the circuits are, are are such a you know they're contributing so much to motorsport in this country, and and they will continue to do that uh, for a very long time. And and um, you know I've, I feel again yeah pretty privileged to be a part mm-hmm. of it. I mean the sport is the huge beneficiary of those you know you know fantastic 
facilities um, that that have longevity and multi-purpose. So I think that's that's the yeah. you know we're, well I mean we're, yeah, we, we, you know things projects that we're also working on such as events you know, like we've uh, announced the Highland Six Hour, um, which is November next year. Um, you know, so that's a huge undertaking, and there's there's many parts to that that need a lot of support and help. And um, so I'm in, uh, enjoying enjoying helping and assisting and and uh, being part of that because that that will be a, a significant event on our, on the motorsport calendar here. Mm. Road safety has been a big thing you've got sunk your teeth into in the last five plus years, maybe even more. Um, do you feel like you're making headway? I mean, you're you're you from condition of roads in this country to driving standards and training and so on there's a lot of things that are that are lacking in in your eyes that need attention that need support yeah because we're just um the all the the politics uh, the politicians the 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 you know the regulators the um, the NZTAs of the of the world that they're, they're just regurgitating all the same crap that's that's caused all the problems in the past, the focus is in the wrong areas. They're not not the, the attention's not focused on the beginning at the start. The what's creating the issues, right? It's just now trying to manipulate, um, patch stuff up, basically. Yeah, mm. some of the, the these 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 easy low hanging fruit things mm. um, that uh, become such a significant focus. But they they are a contributing factor to to the issues and the causes and the death and the numbers and everything. But they're not they're not. Then you'll never fix it if you don't actually go back to the beginning, the root cause of what leads to these things to happen, and 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 which is training and understanding, awareness, you know, basic skills um, around motor vehicles and the physics of it, and the understanding of what tyres do, and, and ABS and safety and all this kind of, and actually explaining what driving safe means because in a they talk about, car too, they talk yeah. about driving, you know, just dr- drive safely. It's like, well, okay. What is actually what actually is that you know? So it's there's lots of words and there's um, you know information, but it's 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 not related correctly because people don't understand what it means because they've never been told or taught. You don't have the the the, the understandings, the basic understandings that you need to actually be able to apply what that messaging means. Um, and but they just keep spending millions and millions and millions and millions on on all this crap, which is not having any effect because it's not having effect because people aren't paying any attention to it. So, you know, I keep harping on about that, that side of it, and we're not actually making headway because um, the bureaucrats, um, they don't understand road safety, but they're using, you know, consultants to and spending hundreds of millions of dollars on consultants who also don't understand road safety, but to go and collate information and research and stuff like that and then try it all, try and put it all together. And then they, as I say, cherry pick the easiest stuff, which is let's slow everybody down. So let's slow everybody down. So when they crash, the outcome or the, the damage might be less. There's no let's try and stop the crashing in the first place. Um, you know, and there's so many layers to that. I, mean, I was talking to a, a first responder the other day. You know, there's the, the NZTA, there's no ever conversation or chat or, or care about the people that have to go and clean this mess, these messes up. You know, these people turn up. The volunteers, a lot of the case from vo- uh, a lot of the case from fire brigades and that kind of stuff. They're going to clean this stuff up. Yeah, there's offerings of of um, you know uh, support counseling and counselling, but 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 that stuff no, would live you through. It's, it's, you it's all expected. That's part of their jobs and things mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, you can't unsee that kind mm-hmm. of crap. There's so many more layers to it that are happening. That's having an effect that is not being seen 
as um, you know as important as what it is, and 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 again increase the reasons why we've got to do things different and better to actually stop some of this stuff from happening. You know, um, people don't go out, leave home, or leave wherever they are in their vehicle, um, expecting at any given time that they're not going to come home at the end of it. But it's happening, and it will continue to happen as long as we. We still focus on the things we've. Well, the money is focused and spent, and the and the the decision makers focus on the things we're currently doing. Then we will not get a different result, and they refuse to actually see that and listen and understand it. Um, but the numbers don't lie. Do the pol- does the politics of all that drive you mad? Because completely mad. It just drives you completely mad. Absolutely, because the waste, the waste of of taxpayers' money. It, it, it's it's an, it's just hard to comprehend. It, it, well, it, it is. It's impossible to comprehend um, the stupidity of it, and 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 literally the um, um, really the neglect of of the system, um, and and really the ignorance to to actually want to do it properly. I don't know what they're scared of. I don't, really don't know what they're scared of. Current ad would have cost a fortune. It seems more focused on inclusivity than actually getting oh, cut through and things like that. Mm. That's that's probably another story. In a perfect world, if you if you could maybe have one or two things that you could get them across the line on, what would you change? What would you do? Well, we've we've got to actually provide a, a better a better base learning for um, so, and you've got to start at the beginning. You've got to start at the youth. You've got to you've got to change the way youth are actually seeing and understanding and going about um, that that uh, exploring of learning and being and driving a car on the roads you've got to you've got to change that perception you've got to change um, the, the the basic skills that they've got give them more tools to actually understand what safe driving is more tools to understand not, what, not training to pass a license is what you're saying yeah, yeah and that's all we do we mm. just we just train to pass a license so you've, you've we've got to provide more of of the significant things that are going to make a difference in decision making when you have to make a decision, right? So all these you know, young drivers, 17, 18 year old, who's just gone through the basic normal process of getting a driver's license, had mum and dad do some lessons and then go to the driving instructor to to drive around the the test course test course mm-hmm. to know what they've got to do at those significant moments to pass the test right You've, we've got to do so much more than that because they're not prepared they're not prepared to be safe they're not prepared so you know when when something does go wrong and it happens all the time that's the first time that that driver will will be have to make and have to make a decision on what they do next and so how you, why are you surprised that you know people are dying if that's if the first time you've actually got to make a decision an emergency decision decision at that moment to actually to de- determine the outcome how how are you surprised when it doesn't if come and train for that uh, if when it when it goes bad mm. and that's that's what we're doing that's exactly what we're doing so we now we just I oh, will lower the speed right oh why oh so when people crash the chance of the of them surviving is better that is the philosophy now there's a certain, um, I suppose, um, accuracy in that that comment, but but you, you're still at the at the whim of fate and the laws of physics and what happens. You can still be killed at 80 k's an hour, just like you can be killed at 100 k's an hour. You can survive at 100 k's an hour and be killed at 80 k's an hour because it it depends on where the cra- where the the situation lies, what's around the, the the surroundings, what you hit, what you don't hit. You know, the, yes, the speed you're travelling, all that stuff. 
comes into it. But people survive 120 kilometre hour crashes, they survive 140 kilometre hour crashes and people die at 80Ks an hour. So there's no standard rules when it comes to the laws of physics. You, you know, once you've lost control, you're at f- you, it's fate. Fate takes over. That's, that's where it's at. So we've got to do a much better job. And, and as long as we, are, we continue to be dictated to by the current crop of, of politicians and bureaucrats and people making these decisions, we're not going to improve. Whether it's the incumbents or anyone in opposition, are you, is your voice being heard? Are you getting some... some yeah, I, I hear, I hear some, um, some things come back to me about, um, you know, my, my name being mentioned um, in various spaces and, and but it, it sounds like it's it's just I'm more of an annoyance than than obviously anything else so I've not been approached by by the um, NZTA or MOT or anyone to actually come and be a part of the solution um, they obviously don't think that they need that we'll just keep going down the same path road to zero is is uh, one obviously a, a just a ridiculously ill-thought-out name for our road safety strategy um, but um, they, you know, there's no question that the current uh, people in charge have got a, a, you know, missile lock on their current strategy and they um, don't seem prepared to actually alter that um, to actually improve or, or actually, uh, I suppose, admit that maybe it's not the right strategy and, and let's let's look at, at some, alternatives. Other, some other alternatives. They have locked into, you know, speed um, and, um, you know, uh, saying that they're going to invest in roadside barriers and this and this and this, but at this stage, you know, three, four years in, three years into the current road safety strategy, there's not one KPI that's been even closely met, um, and yet we've spent billions of dollars achieving nothing. The condition of the roads is just Terrible. is just is just abysmal. I mean, it is, it, um, you know, they should be ashamed, absolutely ashamed. Um, but there's no accountability, and and um, you know. Um, that's that's just the way things are these days, and it shouldn't we shouldn't accept it. But unfortunately, there's not enough of us out there to do the job to to actually mm. uh, sway it a different way. Good on you for the passionate fight, mate. Keep keep that up. Couple to finish here because you've been very good with your time. Firstly, you said something in a documentary for for Neil Crompton for Supercars and and uh, Airtime Media recently, just in relation to a an opportunity that many fans may not have realised, and it involved potential with you and Triple Eight and a discussion that I think even your wife Monique was was in on with with Roland Dane. What was there an opportunity for you to perhaps go there and maybe drive for a Falcon at one point and we'll just just ex- open up and expand on that if you can. Oh yeah, there was. Um so that was uh God, what was that? It was early days for Roland relatively, yeah, it was. wasn't it? Yeah, that and, but, only but just turned up. Was it I, I so think was Mom that the picked end up of, on the fact that he was a sharp guy and this was going to potentially was go that somewhere the end wasn't of 2000 it? Two or was it? Uh, now I can't even remember what I said to. So to, Kmart was really accelerating for you then, wasn't it? Well, so was no, the, it was. I was. I, I think I was renewing. Mm-hmm. I think I was renewing for three and four. I think that was about the time. When did so? When did Roland turn up in Australian supercars? Mm, crikey, now you're testing uh, my grind better. Um, anyway, so it was around that time, early two thousands. Mm. Yeah, and there was there was actually a, an opportunity. Why would you want to bring that up, Rusty? Well, I just, I just, uh, no, I just thought it was an amazing thing that people may not have, may not have realised, and, yeah. and um, but I, 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 I stayed. You know, there was, I think there was. Um, can't have regret, mate. You won those two Bathurst. Oh no, 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 no. But it might have been after came up, was it? Mm. It might have been actually after. Uh, it might have been at the end of four, maybe. 
I can't remember. I think it, it might have been the end of 2004 or during mm. 2004 that the offer was mm-hmm. potentially. And um, before you went off to the PWR thing, yeah, what have you. yeah, mm. maybe it was then. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was you know there was conversations had. It wasn't. I don't think there was anything official, um, you know, uh, on the table. But there was conversations and and um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I was sort of maybe a bit more focused. And they had, they were. Uh, very much in the infancy, See, yeah, um, and they hadn't really been, you know, at that point. I think showcasing their full full extent of their ability or what they were going to achieve. You know, Ludo was there obviously, and he was um, key key part of it. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. If you you know, if you knew then what you now. know now, mm. um, but also there was all that uh, that connection with Holden, which I think probably in the end of the day um, uh, kept me kept me aligned down that path but uh yeah it's interesting isn't it look back on on those those situations um and uh yeah what what might have happened uh you know it's a sliding door that's that sliding door thing right um and jamie wincup went there in 05 so maybe it was about that i think it was about might have been about that same time okay yeah holden is a nice way to finish this mate yeah, we, yeah. Are, we are on the eve of uh, the adelaide Race the return of Adelaide, which is great. There's going to be a great celebration for the final official races for Holden for for Commodore, if you will, in Australia. Been an amazing chapter for you. Crazy to think that it's the end mm. in some respects, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, but I think we've already we've accepted that. We've accepted it from a, a while ago, isn't it? It's been it was an unfortunate timing around uh, the announcement. Um, again, with the, the big C getting in the way of being able to celebrate it and, yeah. uh, properly. Um, and so it's sort of been a bit drawn out now, I suppose. But, um, but you know, to actually put the final uh, nail in the old uh, coffin there um, at Adelaide um, is, is, is a fitting farewell, isn't it? That ZB Commodore will have its last race in, in Adelaide um, as, uh, as part of that supercar Shane's going to go hard to try and win that thing too. I would imagine he's got a. He's been passionate. Oh no, about he's. Him. I mean, mm. he's going. He goes hard for absolutely everything, everything at the mm. moment. So I don't. I don't doubt that. Um, you know, the the challenge will be everybody else having to try and beat him uh, around there. But again, it's a. You know, it's like Pukekohe turning up to Pukekohe and the intensity that he had there to win at home was was just. I mean, it was. Incredible, you know the pressure he put on himself and and his his need his desire to win and then Bathurst the same and so I have no doubt that 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 significance of the Holden thing this weekend will be a a, a big driver for him to ensure that you know it's him that does it and and then probably secondly it's a it's a you know it is a Commodore not um, not Ford taking the march yeah, on it. Yeah. Mm. Hey, it's been awesome to catch up, mate, with a with a part two. Thank you very much for doing that. Congrats on what I think was a really um, fitting Bathurst for you for yeah. so many reasons. I mean, you talked about uh, how it sort of ended first time round, but this was a this was a nice bookend, mate, wasn't it? it oh, really completely. Was. Yeah, yeah, an unexpected one, and um, you know, one that I'm now very thankful for, considering how how uh, I was uh, not overly enthusiastic at the start of the whole whole process. It's um, yeah, sometimes it's uh, meant to be. Awesome, thank you. Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Ed Gooden. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage. It's where a journey begins 
with a tank full of passion-fueled stories.